Hi, I'm Devin Person. This podcast is a ritual, is a time and space spanning magic ritual steering reality towards a slightly better future. As your wizard, I believe real magic requires trust and authenticity, which is why I'll never allow advertisers in our ritual space. But creating this ritual takes work, as well as a steady supply of veggie burritos and illicit drugs. If you'd like to help this podcast become slightly better, please take a moment to visit patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual. You'll get access to bonus episodes, monthly virtual gatherings, wizard ebooks, psychedelic playlists, and best of all, the warm, fuzzy feeling of making the world a more magical place. Thank you so much to all who have, do, or someday will support this ritual. I believe in you. Your magic is real. In 30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard. There's a new OC on tonight and your taquitos are in the microwave. Your sims don't know they're going to die. You don't yet have the language to articulate depression, so your stomach kind of hurts all the time and you don't like your old friends, but you can't explain why. Your body can still process nerds with no physical or spiritual hangover. The things you feel guilty about aren't your fault. You're free. You're going to be something someday. You're going to Google how to give a blowjob. You can be anything at all. You're going to be in the hardback Guinness Book of Records. Someone's going to come home and love you. Your taquitos are ready. Aiden Arata is a human being, a content creator, and a meme artist who lives in Los Angeles, California. At Aiden Arata is an Instagram account with 95.9K followers, theoretically owned by Aiden Arata the person, but still very much subject to the arbitrary whims of Instagram, a social media company owned by Facebook. But the memes themselves, which range from Photoshop collages to ASMR-esque guided meditations, like the clip you just heard, flow through both the human and the account. Notoriously cranky atheist Richard Dawkins coined the term meme in his 1976 book, The Selfish Gene. What Dawkins was trying to articulate was a process by which ideas and culture evolve and mutate in a way that parallels the evolving flow of genes as they create new species. How very fitting that Dawkins' own idea about ideas evolved and grew into primordial lolcats and image macros, and now is the primary vehicle for our cultural conversation, wildly mutated across an uncountable number of templates, format fads, and self-referential jokes about Shrek and B-movie. While the internet is awash in memes, in much the same way that my blood is awash in red blood cells, I wanted to talk to Aiden specifically because her memes have a uniquely consistent voice and perspective, a depth of language and profundity balanced by hyper-specific references to the banalities of everyday post-millennial American existence. Perhaps it's because I met Aiden randomly at a Los Angeles party before I ever became aware of her work, so I was in the extremely rare position of knowing the memer before the memes. But I like to think that her memes also articulate that contemporary contradiction between authenticity and artifice more than most others. Funny enough, while looking for an example of Aiden's memes I could use to illustrate this point, I stumbled onto the following meme, one so perfectly aligned it felt like it had been written just for this moment. Stylized text surrounding a digital art image of a fairy looking into a glowing iPhone says, I'm trying to overcome my imposter syndrome. Time to spend 14 hours on the app where everything is a performance and it's literally impossible to be my authentic self. 
much like a Disney film that contains a moral about how evil large corporations can be, our culture uses what's available to critique and reconsider itself. Legions of meme artists who are very aware of how icky Instagram can be still have to log in daily to post their work in the place it will be seen. So, will the content creators seize the memes of production and lead us to a glorious revolution? Or will Drake shake his head and lead us back to ourselves so we can further amuse ourselves to death? The only way to know for sure is to move past the screens and talk to a human being, as we'll now do as Aiden Arata teaches us how to make memes. Welcome, Aiden. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. What's our magic word going to be? Our magic word today is attention. Attention. Oh, that's a good one. On the count of three, say it with me. One, two, three. Attention. Attention. Oh, I was a little Ooh. off. Sorry. Do you want to do it again? No, it's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> we're good. This is the podcast where we don't make mistakes because everything's intentional. So I love I love that you chose attention because it is it is such a word of this era. Like it's both the economy that we're in and what we're all trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, what, what brought attention to your mind? Um, I mean, I think it's just the thing that I think about every day anyway, you know, it is such a precious resource in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's like, uh, God, Patricia Lockwood has that line that like, you know, attention is your soul spending itself to show you that you'll always have enough or something insane like that. Whoa, yeah. It's insane. And she wrote this beautiful essay. And then I just started reading her book, which is about the internet. No one is talking about this, which is great. But in it, she sort of like, she literally has her protagonist like quote that line and then kind of like makes fun of it. So I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's really great. It's some great yeah. auto fiction, cross hybrid vibe going on. It's really funny. But I was like, oh, do I, what? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I still need this to be a little bit sincere. Um, but yeah, I mean, working, um, you know, professionally and creatively in an internet capacity, uh, of course, I am very attuned to attention and also just being a human who is trying to stay healthy and happy and sane in the world. Uh, I think attention might be the trick uh, to that. So it's just something that I think about a lot. Do you think about which do you think about more, like how to direct your own attention or how to get attention? Oh, I think well, that's actually a really good question. Automatically, I want to say how to direct my attention. But I think that I, I think there's also a little bit of the other one, too, or a fair amount of like it feels more how to get attention feels more automatic or it feels like it's maybe um, cloaked in. Like, there are so many ways to think about that. Like, and also, I, I just want to say off the bat that humans wanting attention is not inherently a bad thing. Um, that oh, is my God. No, like, not at all. Yeah. 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 Like, it's so I, I think, you know, obviously the idea of being attention seeking. Uh, God, I feel like it almost had like a different meaning pre-internet. Like, that was the thing that your mom would tell you not to be. Like, that's yeah. like, and now everyone is very, like, cool with attention. And, like, we're sort of seeing it as this, like, neutral energy instead of, like, um, an inherently bad or good thing. You know, like it's it's any other thing that you like energy level that you can like shift and gain and give away. It's its own economy. But like, yeah, anyway, the, his, the history yeah. Of, of, of perhaps all of civilization, but definitely the last century is all of these kind of things that your parents told you in these rules about, oh, don't do this. or This is a bad thing or this is like not socially acceptable and just peeling those back and discarding them until we're now in the world we're in where it's like oh yeah, honey, you should totally just be a brand spokesperson on the internet. Like that's the dream. That's what it means to be a creative. Yeah. And that's like what it is. And that's, I mean, I feel personally a little bit frustrated sometimes because like my dream in life is to live what used to be a middle-class life as an artist. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to like have a kid and like, you know, my, my partner and I could both work, but I don't want either of us to have to like, you know, work you know 100 hour weeks to like be able to like have a family maybe we go on Mm -hmm. a vacation every two years that would be nice like that's what I want it's nothing crazy but to do that you need like a hundred thousand Instagram followers like you need to be putting yourself out there in uh 
such a different way. I mean, there's obviously ways around it, but for some reason, my path is, is that I have to do vibrator spawn con all the time. So like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something to think about a lot, but it's sort of, yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people, perhaps the attention is a means to an end. And I feel like I'm realizing even just while we're talking that like, it's not like it's, it's different from no. that. It, yeah. Like, or, or it is a means to an end. It's not the end. Like the point isn't yeah. the attention. The point is what can you do with this or how can you leverage this into a nice life for yourself? Like, yeah. Well, I think like you, you just said, you know, you need to have a hundred thousand Instagram followers, but I think there's so many people that get there and they're like, Oh, right. But a hundred thousand Instagram followers is not a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> very different quantities. And uh, there's the account fuck advertisements, which I don't I don't know actually like who runs it or what it is. But originally, I think it it you know it was like fuck advertisements, and now they do sponsored content. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. That was your whole thing, and now yeah. Um, so let's let's anchor ourselves in a little bit of a biographic linear time flow. How did you end up making memes? And tell us just kind of your journey to. Uh, being someone who has 100,000 followers on Instagram, or at least <laughs> very close to it. Very close. We're, yeah, we're going to get You're there. You're like 99.9. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100K club. No, yeah. um, I mean, I think that-, that middle it, class life is like, it's like five <laughs> followers away. It's going to, oh my God, two cars are going to pull into your driveway and park <laughs> as soon as- as soon as you hit that number i am gonna get an ice cream cake when that happens it's gonna be great true you true should. class yeah. fancy great vibe but like yeah. um yeah no i i started making stuff i mean i've always been pretty creative and um but i didn't i i never learned photoshop or anything in any meaningful capacity and i think i just sort of really engaged with other people's content in like my mid-20s or early 20s in like a way that i just sort of it felt so much more accessible, like being able to scroll Instagram and like see other people talking about like, not only making jokes, but like sort of distilling pop culture and subverting it in these weird ways. And at the same time, talking about like their mental health or their trauma or their family dynamics and like really intimate stuff, but in this way that felt very um, accessible and strange and like folk arty. So I, I was a fan mm -hmm. first, for sure. And then I kind of was just like, I, I'm like, I don't remember the moment where I was like, I could do that. But like, um, and to be honest, I, as a person do not naturally have the disposition of, I could do that. I, you know, I have a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of like, I definitely probably would die if I tried to do that and everyone would know and it would be very embarrassing. So I think it just started, so it was just like my personal account. Like I didn't think anyone would like follow me. I just started making stuff to, um, kind of teach myself Photoshop and see if I could, cause I, it felt like my brain works the way that, you know, uh, a lot of content creators' brains work. Like the, the sentences that they were saying, I was like, I think like that, um, yeah. which is deranged. But like, you know, and <laughs> at the same time, I was um, I was an assistant in the industry uh, for TV shows, one TV show and then another. And then it was just like, uh, you've lived in LA for a bit, I think, or we met in LA. So I think it's just the industry. I've never lived in Los Angeles. Oh. I've just like wandered through it in a day's... Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So we met by chance when you were in LA then. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, we met at a party listeners. I think I still have your business card. <laughs> like, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I was an assistant. It is a snake pit of sexual harassment and labor violations. Um, <laughs> not all shows, but like, no, like generally, you know, there is, yeah. and especially like, you know, five years ago or something, it was, I, I hope it's getting better, sincerely. Um, but, it, you know, it sounds like it is. I have some really, really great comrades in the industry. And also, yeah, like it is a place where your ideas are stolen and you're supposed to be grateful that they even liked it. You're supposed to be grateful that anyone is paying attention to you when they're hitting on you. Like, it's just like weird, terrible vibes. And you're just told all the time that you don't matter. And it felt so nice to have like a place where like my ideas mattered. And mm -hmm. then... I, I don't know. Like, it's so, um, I mean, that's magic right there is the idea that if you enjoy doing something, you're going to do it until you're good at it, which is pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah. So I, I learned Photoshop that way and I was able to sort of like hone a sort of narrative voice or figure out kind of, you know, what I felt like putting into the world and how to like interact with an audience and how to like, you know, and then it kind of just got bigger and bigger and, and I don't know how that happened but like it, yeah it's interesting 
Well, that's uh, that's one of the things that I was curious to chat with you about because my my story is a little bit of the the flip where I picked out an archetype and I was like, ah, wizard, that's cool. How can I how can I like make that my personal brand and like transform myself through that relationship? Whereas what you're describing is over time having this evolution of your own natural voice and what you're interested in becoming a brand and then becoming this larger archetype that you have sort of tapped into. And so I'm curious, like, how would you describe your, your brand or aesthetic uh, at this point? Oh man. Yeah. I always say uh, I'm too fun or I'm too goofy to be an artist, but too sensitive to be a comedian. So kind of in like between that. those places, but yeah, I mean, I think, well now, yeah, that's what we can, we touched briefly on this earlier. We can talk about sort of uh, the sad girl, pigeonhole but like you know and not being in that anymore um and now I do video stuff I don't I still don't know what I do I'm terrible at this I am terrible at the question when people ask what do you do um sometimes I just say writer or content creator uh it's both and and I really like what I do but it is meme queen meme queen slash (laughs) slash girl boss slash producer slash influencer slash, slash dj like <laughs> yeah, slash dj there you go exactly exactly no there's no way to make it not sound fake um my best friend uh, from like childhood is a professional psychic and you probably get this a little too but we talk about all the time about how we both have jobs that you just like no one is ever going to take you seriously and people are constantly yeah. like how do you actually make money and i'm like we can talk about that like i think everyone should be empowered to learn how to make money we live in a society but like it's more it's just that yeah it's weird but it's also weird like you were saying like there was no archetype like not to be like old but like in high school that content creator was not a job like it wasn't like it's not even that i was like here's this thing that i could never do like if if i went back in time it didn't exist yeah Yeah. like if i told my 16 year old self that i would be like making memes i feel like i would be like what is a meme like what is what is that? You're like, what? You're like, I make vaguely horny live journal-esque yep. <laughs> images for a living. And you're like, teenage self is like, cool. Yeah. 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 Like, exactly. That's literally what I do. That's actually a better description than I can do. So I might take that. But like, yeah, yeah it's very, um, yeah, it's it's super interesting. And it's like very weird to be kind of constantly wandering in the dark and that I think it may be honestly since the pandemic like in the last year or two really sort of stepping into that and being like okay I have to like I gotta be the hermit in this like I gotta hold the little lantern like I can't just sort of like wander around being like well it's nice it's dark I don't know what's happening but I'm like touching some cool stuff I guess like you know so that's <laughs> you gotta turn the light on you gotta like find you know like and so being able to kind of uh put boundaries around what I do and like I uh, be able to monetize what I do in a way that actually pays is like that's that's new to me it's not natural to me but like it feels good to kind of be at that stage where I'm like okay this actually is my job right now like yeah I I, I want to talk about that evolution because I think you're part of a wave um like you said like content creator was not a thing that you could aspire to. And I think in the past jobs stayed more static where it's like, ah, I'm going to be a firefighter and I'll do the same job that firefighters did 30 years ago, maybe with some new equipment, but like putting out fires, like pretty established thing. And being even a digital content creator in 2021 is different than it was in 2016 is different than it was in 2012 is different than it was in 2006. Like it's moving and evolving so rapidly. Um, I think the the thing that um, we were talking about a moment ago with like your voice though is there's that there's that experience of art when you're reading a novel and suddenly there's a character expressing some feeling or thought that you had that felt very private and suddenly you feel very seen and you're like oh my god and I think that's the way that this art that you are partaking in has evolved of like how do we capture more of those moments like how do we make something that's like both a funny joke but also taps into that like thing that you didn't know how to express on your own. And I think that's one of the things that I see you excelling at. Um, so I don't know where I'm going. We'll, we'll loop around. It's, 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 it's a feed and the algorithm yeah. will sort it into the right order. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Relatability is like, I mean, that's another sort of uh, element of the attention economy, or maybe it's its own kind of separate economy. It's like the intimacy economy in some ways, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. So much of the internet is based off of relatable content and, um, yeah, it's interesting to think about like 
I don't know, like, it's obviously that sort of like a sort of facetious way to like describe anything or any joke. But there is something really beautiful about like, how alienating the internet can be and how alienating technology can be and how humans are like, so insistent on like, pushing through that and like sort of finding mm-hmm. ways to relate to each other. We're kind of incessantly seeking connection. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I think like the work that I do hopefully is part of that. Like I, the videos, the guided meditations, I like to describe those as, um, you know, like when you leave your pet at home and you can put like cat YouTube on for them or dog YouTube, like, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like birds or it's just like, yeah, like that's what I do for people. Like I want <laughs> to give you like a 30 second, period where like you don't feel alone and it's like it's a facsimile it's on the screen but you're not alone that's it yeah you so let's uh that's a great segue so let's cut away to one of your your guided meditations guided meditation and your legally separated gen x boyfriend is driving you to the good mall the sun warms your face through the passenger window you're going exactly the speed limit he's explaining the early aughts post-punk revival again he wants to see the new noah bamba you're not attached to outcome it's his card at the sprinkles atm maybe you'll make him wait outside while you send him leads from the brandy melville dressing room he used to hard eyes react to your selfies but now when you post one he asks if he didn't give you enough attention that day you're gonna pick a fight by diagnosing him with a personality disorder over ipas at the cheesecake factory he always orders you an ipa you're not quiet because you're stupid you're quiet because you're bored you'll eat a pretzel in front of him because he's watching his sodium beautiful and then we're back from whatever that was that I just played. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's what I love about them so much is that they're so condensed and they're so, like they're a parody almost of. I, I, that's where I see you kind of situated is that it's very Los Angeles in, in, in a way where you are clearly a creative and have an authentic creative voice, and then you're situated in this world of. Um, spiritual content and that wellness like machine that is now just humming along and telling us all that we're supposed to be just like tuned into how we process our trauma and grief and like evolve beyond it. And I think you inject it with such a lovely dose of realism where it's like, Hey, guess what? Processing trauma also looks like staying up till three in the morning, watching reality TV when you know you should be in bed already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I try and do with my wizardry a lot, because I think you read about magic and you think, like, ah, uh, all these cool occult authors are, like, living in a tower somewhere and just, you know, summoning visible demons constantly that do their bidding. And it's like, no, they're at the grocery store and trying to figure out, like, you know, why the kind of taquitos that they want to buy aren't on sale this week <laughs> when they were supposed to be, you know? Like, we all have to deal with that regular, regular-ass shit. Cursed. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. And like being human is just a big part of that. Like we're not, we're not machines. We're not, you know, all powerful beings. And yeah, like healing's really hard. Magic's really hard. Like. Yeah. And what's funny though, is what you said earlier is that like, there's this culture of, of memes and I, did you, were you ever into weird Twitter? Did you like, did you follow that scene kind of before it became I feel like, yeah, I was like, you're going to have to be more specific. Like, I want to say yes, but yeah, like. Well, so like there was like, there was a time on Twitter where it was, you know, you could find those, you know, funniest tweets of this week roundup. And there was just a lot of these accounts that had been around for a while and were making weird jokes where it's like, you know, a very short script with me and like the dialogue and a lot of the things that are now just the language of memes, I think were kind of honed during that period and it's so funny because you'll see something like you said that quote earlier that like really speaks to you and you relate with and just lives in your head and you think about it all the time and then it's like where did that come from oh a cartoon dog that i (laughs) that i follow on the internet that i don't know who that person is like it's somebody that is a human that is sitting there but i know them as a cartoon octopus emoji (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know them as, like, a bunch of pixel, pixels, like, rearranged into a cartoon right. octopus. Like, there's just so much, like, and in some ways, maybe that's helpful. In other ways, sometimes I find that very scary because you're like, oh, are you, like, a bad person and you just have good jokes and I don't know? Like, that's that's hard for me, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Have you... Have you gotten to like, have you like met meme makers? Like, are like, do you guys have like little like hangouts and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting. Yeah. A lot of my good friends are people that I've met through making memes and content. Um, And there is sort of a, it's funny because, yeah, I feel like there was a couple of years ago, like all of us who kind of came up at the same time were all super like networking and close. Like we would go Mm -hmm. to like, there were like meme art shows and like we'd be in them and we'd go to each other's and like, 
see each other and like I'm still I'm in like a very robust group chat with some people that I really love I've and heard like, there's a lot of group chats where yeah. it's like all the big names kind of behind the scenes being like hey what's up <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're it's really fun and so everyone kind of and people have beef and like it's sort of it's funny because I feel like my impulse now is to be like you know I still have like really good friends from that space but I'm not quite as like involved in like meeting new people or sort of like meme mm-hmm. networking but it just yeah, like struck no me that friends. that's yeah it's it it's an attention thing it's like i'm so sorry i love everyone that i'm friends with and i it's so hard for me to meet new people right now we don't have time and someday but like uh i can't answer dms anymore there are too many and it scares me but um yeah like i i sorry it's just like occurring to me that it's not that like that stopped it's that there's like a whole like world and generation of like other people like maybe smaller accounts still networking and building stuff and I'm just like not in it. so I was like yeah we don't do that anymore and I'm like no people do it's just not me because I'm really tired and like at some point you have to treat a big account like with a little bit of distance or else I think you go crazy I mean like I think there's so much ego in that 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 it has to be more of a you know a portfolio than uh than a thing that you're on all the time Yeah, you bring up such a good point where it's really hard these days to figure out what is the world changing? What is me getting older and like, you know, having a different perspective on it? And what are these like specific social media platforms changing? So is it because you're a bigger account? Is it because you're slightly older and you just don't have the same time that you did a few years ago? Is it because you're older and you're not in the same kind of meme communities that like a 21 year old might be or you know like the different populations like you know there's a point where i'm like man i like you know there's not as many punk shows as there used to be and it's like or you're just not 17 and you don't go to them except i like punk shows still but you know what i mean like there's (laughs) i do that to like i do that to cling to my youth very consciously i'm like yes it's my turn to be the old guy at the back of the show we've got Someone, full circle someone's got to be show dad like exactly yeah yeah um so i'm curious um how your evolution went like we talked about you kind of getting into it and where like where did your process divide in terms of honing your own creative voice and just having fun and like, you know, figuring out how to make content on a regular basis. And also how much did you get into the, uh, the dark science of like juking the algorithm and figuring out like what's, what's popping and what's not. Yeah. So like, it's interesting. Cause like once you get to some of like, once you do know people, then like your friends share your work and that's kind of how you get mm-hmm. big on Instagram. Instagram is sort of an, it's a really interesting Um, it's really interesting and it's different from some other platforms because it is so it's both performance based and sort of interaction based in that, like, Mm -hmm. um, like Tumblr, like sharing is the way that things gain steam and like sending people things. And like, that's how the algorithm like shares your stuff. Whereas something like TikTok is purely performance based. Like you can't, Mm -hmm. as far as I, I mean, you can stitch someone and you could like repost it, but I, I don't know. I wonder actually now if like repost tiktoks are like super popular but whether that tiktok like whether that would lead to the original like person getting more followers like it does on instagram anyway it's just it's a different algorithm and so you get more people there are like groups on facebook where like people share templates you like you know find sort of community and people that are going to share your stuff and they'll teach you photoshop tricks and they'll be like Mm -hmm. how do we do this so it it gets easier and then at some point um Instagram will step in or might it did in my case and, you know, uh, send you a free sweatshirt and sort of you, you are in touch with like the meme liaison, uh, which we should not abuse that privilege, but we have that just in case, uh, he is lovely. And like, wait, just, what? There's a yeah. meme liaison. All right. We got to double click on this. <laughs> so wait, so it's like you hit a magic point where suddenly you leveled up and you, you get a sweatshirt in the mail and then they're like, Hi, we think your memes are very dank. Here's Jason. You can talk to him for help now. <laughs> so it is, I believe it is like one meme liaison. Probably not for everyone. That would be crazy. Yeah. But it's like, I know many people that I know have the same person as our person. And um, who, again, is just a delight and and so genuine. Um, and I obviously have, and feel very ambivalent about Instagram. But I love my yeah. meme liaison. He's really nice. Um, and yeah, so you basically get 
like especially right now instagram is trying to push its creators more um they're sort of Mm -hmm. trying to keep up with tiktok by privileging video content and uh creator work and they're making it more of a performance facing uh model which should be interesting we'll see how that goes and so basically that just means that like um yeah like they had this thing called creator week where they had a bunch of like uh like I just signed an NDA before, so I'm not allowed. I'm not sure what I'm allowed to talk about in all of this, but I think this is all fine and boring. Um, like, uh, yeah, where they do like sort of like workshops or like how to monetize. A lot of it is sort of how to monetize and how to like, you know, um, some of them are like mental health related, which I feel very like a little iffy about. Sort of, you know, it's it's like the equivalent of like going to like the company picnic at the cigarette company and having them teach you about like deep breathing. Like it's kind of like, it's, it's, you know, um, and of course I'm complicit in that. I'm very complicit in, in all of these problems. So I feel, uh, complicated, but it's a unique point of view to be complicit and complicated about it and willing to talk about that. So here we are. Um, (laughs) and again, it's like, you know, it's, it's also hard. Like I said a moment ago, like, is it my age? Is it, is it, you know, what's changed in my life? Is it the world's changing or is it my unique feed? I get so many therapy ads on Instagram and I don't know if it's because Instagram thinks that I need therapy, but those are so dystopia to me because it's like, I want to promote mental health. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for therapy and I'm a, you know, a hypnotherapist. Like I, I, I'm a big believer, but the idea of a world where it's all these like text your therapist apps is a nightmare to me that someone's just going to be depressed in bed and just texting the anonymous cartoon dog that is their therapist. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, you get me AI chat bot therapy dog. Okay. And <laughs> also I, pay for. <laughs> I just read that all of those apps like sell your data. Like they make a ton of money of off of your data. Do. Yeah. But of it's like, they do. that feels like not HIPAA. <laughs> like that feels like really, I don't know. It just feels, yeah, like it, they're very for profit and it's not, um, yeah, like, it, I don't know. It feels dark and I don't want to take away, like if that's someone's only therapy option and or they have someone good, I would certainly not disparage them for that in any way. But um, that And one of the earliest, um, this is from like the 60s or something, but it was a computer program that was designed to like chat with you. And this was very early, so it was not great. And people would talk to it for a long time. It was basically just asking, tell me more about that. And people found it very cathartic. So there is something human about it. But again, I just, I, I, I'm too tuned into the future to not feel uncomfortable with the idea of the, the therapy app that's selling your Grubhub information so they can know that you're depressed and you're probably going to buy more ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of what my targeted ads are right now because they do get very wonky for a while. I got them for, um, like focus groups for like experimental medications that was kind of Whoa. fun yeah. yeah um i get them sometimes for like class action lawsuits which i actually love class action lawsuits but like so i'm like okay that's true i do talk about those a lot but like they're always like do you have this mattress and i'm like well no like what are the chances that i would have like um so that's fascinating to me and then a lot of sort of like uh like girly clothing i get a lot of clothing ads which is i guess just my demographic but there yeah but anyway just sort of being being targeted and personified in that way it's interesting so so what was like i want to go back to this moment when you you leveled up like what what does instagram do when it reaches out to contact like a meme account and do they do they talk to you about the content of your memes or are they kind of like you are you are getting engagement and that's what matters Yeah, I think that people from Instagram start to follow your account. Like you can sort of check Mm -hmm. their bio and just then it says they work for Instagram and you're like, whoa, that's kind of cool. And then a few times they reached out to be like, hey, like, can we like repost this like in our stories or like in the and you have to give, Mm. you know, your permission. And that's really nice. And then you start getting emails inviting you to like there was like an international meme summit and like uh, like on Zoom and like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they didn't. I have a friend who was talking about it and she was like she implied that she had some sort of meeting with like Instagram. Like they were like talking to her about her brand and stuff. And I was like, they didn't have a meeting with me. Like, so I don't know, maybe other people get more than just the sweatshirt, but I'm at the sweatshirt tier of, um, of in Zuck's pocket, <laughs> like, which is fine. That's a fine place to be. But anyway, yeah. So after that, um, obviously that does not immediately, you also get to try new features and stuff first. Like we could do yeah. reels, I think earlier, or they like had, um, they had a special thing teaching us how to use reels and like what, you know, and stuff like that. Or like, you can like test out like AB testing if they're doing new stuff, um, which is pretty cool. But 
yeah, anyway, at some point, um, I was doing this alongside other stuff and it just felt like this cool sort of like creative outlet and like kind of fun, fun thing that I was doing. And it felt really nice to feel like, um, you know, again, as someone who did not have sort of that core belief of like, oh, I can just, I can just do this. Like I can just have an idea and then it's just in the world. Like I can manifest, like developing that felt really fucking good. And that took like many years because that's, that's hard work. It's hard work to believe in yourself. And like, um, and then during the pandemic, uh, I was like laid off from my last TV job and was sort of figuring out what to do. And it sort of fell into that, that I ended up working uh, just sort of more freelance. I'd done some marketing work before, like mm-hmm. on and off a little bit, um, but it always felt very imposter syndrome Like for like, I had this, I very, very briefly had a great, they were so lovely at this job at like uh, an agency and going in and like ultimately like I didn't know how to use Photoshop because I had had like the free version and I was totally self-taught. So like, I couldn't like outline text or do like very boring. Like, Cause I, I've never learned how to do that. Right. So they'd be like, cool. Like just like make some memes. And I would sort of sit at my desk and like Google how to do everything. And then like, eventually though, if you're great, if you just do copywriting, you kind of just describe your meme to the art department and they make it, which is fantastic. That's like the dream. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I know. Now that I've uh, opened, you know, uh, just walk around your mansion with a little tape recorder, and you're like, okay, it's it's a skeleton smoking yeah. a cigarette, but it's it's all pixelated. It looks kind of like a '90s video game. Yeah, insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely exactly the vibe. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I started doing that, and you know, fell in with some really with some cool clients, and then also honestly took a fair amount of meetings and jobs uh i'd like to say i turned down a lot of these but i also did a lot of jobs that just pay like nothing like working for like huge Mm. huge international brands that pay you 25 dollars a meme and that's like and they yeah it's stuff like that and i think oh so you're slinging memes like you're doing like like wendy's is like hey we need some memes and you're like all right let's let's go into the the writer's room with yeah, the vault. Yeah, again i don't know if i'm allowed to say like which brands exactly but some like extremely household name like broy brands with like like kind we're of when, i did not applebee's. do wendy's yeah <laughs> we're just gonna say applebee's right. it's not applebee's but we're just gonna say that yeah. as the generic brand. perfect so we'll yeah protect your uh your nda because yeah. yeah applebee's would come god one time and applebee's i i to be clear did not work for applebee's specifically yeah. but another yes a, a chain similar so there was an applebee's and they were like oh like we want you to do, you know, those like you see memes and it's like text conversations like those are fake. If they're yeah. from a big account, they're fake. They have someone yeah, texting course, themselves. Yeah. Just want to I, I hate to person anyone's bubble, but to be explicit. Uh, so and advertising, there are advertising teams just texting themselves relentlessly <laughs> like um, and so it was like one of those. But it had to include uh like the sandwich that was being featured. And I was given like a small stipend to go purchase the sandwich. And then like the creative team got them and they were just like, yeah, so the joke is great, but like, can you find a sandwich with like better lighting and like more meat in it? Like this one just doesn't look appetizing. And I was like, oh, it's your, it's not my, it's the sandwich. Like you have a bad product. Like you're not like, and also I'm not like in a food studio, like you're not paying like an agency to go take nice photos of your sandwich you are paying like an underemployed memer to like, you know, go and take photos in her kitchen of like, at like weird angles. Like, so it's kind of a, you know, it's stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel, so I used to do that more. Now I, I pretty much work. Um, I mean, I have, I'm working on a couple, I hope in 2022, I have a couple cooler, more creative, more by more my voice projects coming out that will hopefully pay me. But yeah, like right now I like all my clients that I work for and I do some social media stuff, some copywriting, that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. That is so interesting. I had not thought about that angle because I was thinking when you're like mentioned, you know, sponsored vibrator things, I was like, but if I look through your feed, it doesn't seem like it's full of ads or anything. And so I was curious. I was like, that's what I've wondered on Instagram. It's oh, like, yeah, I don't see that many, you know, like sponsored posts in someone's feed. And I'm like, well, you know how much are they paying or how, how many do people have to do to like, to get by? Yeah. I mean, you see, you see bigger accounts where they're constantly like plug-in products and it's, it's totally, but, um, yeah, these ones, I would say, I actually will be posting on my personal page, some vibrator spawn con in the next week or two. That's why it's on my mind. And it's a rare thing, but like, 
yeah, like, I mean, to make like 500 bucks for one post, like that's, yeah. you know, that's not bad. Like it's not gonna, you, Do you have get to, a vibrator too. Yeah. You get two vibrators. You get two vibrators. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 You can't. That's what they say. That makes sense. You can't have a yeah. lightsaber vibrator battle yeah. by yourself. You have, yeah. yeah a listen. I got a lot of knots for my massage wands. I got a lot of, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> my back, my neck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you do that kind of stuff, which is always weighing, um, I mean, again, it's one of those where I'm kind of like, eh, I'm moving at the end of the month. It would be really nice to have that. Like, you know, it's like a little extra thing, but to do that all the time, uh, for me at least, again, because so much of what I'm interested in is uh, sort of about, you know, uh, integrity in some ways. And I yeah, think, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and I think it's very possible, of course. Like, we, like, if nothing else, I, I'm always very open about this where I'm like, yeah, like, we live in a society. I need to make money if you really enjoy my content, but like a video takes eight hours to edit. That's a work day for me and I'm not getting a day rate. So like, you know, I got to, you got to just let me plug a vibrator every now and then, and then you can keep having whatever you want. So that's sort of like my theory on it. And also I will say that uh, those companies generally, I'm fat. I actually, I want to, I have like a newsletter about the apocalypse and I'm trying to write one now about the uh, memer to vibrator spawn pipeline, because it's fascinating to me because that's like a whole industry and i'm like how did they find us like who made this connection initially but like also uh it was they... fleshlight yeah sponsoring, <laughs> sponsoring joe rogan in like 2007 oh my god oh my god what if that's where it came from which is so interesting because yeah. i was about to say that like the interesting thing about these companies is that they often uh you know their models and creators are often people of color they're trans creators they're people with body types that you know like cis america doesn't find like traditionally hot or whatever the fuck like it's just like ready for yet yeah i like the phrase yeah yeah yeah, totally like it's that vibe so it actually is like this weird little economy where creators who maybe don't have access to more like uh narrow-minded influencer opportunities mm-hmm. would like get to do this thing and like also just be like yeah sex is cool whatever like you know so yeah so i'm actually yeah that's my that's my weird aside where i sort of defend vibrator spawn con but i'm mostly just like eh, we live in a society it is what it is well you know i'm 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 supported by the the loving listeners who participate in the ritual and give me four dollars and 20 cents each month if you want to do that sign up at patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual and then that lets me be cranky and refuse to accept ads although um obviously i could use some more uh support from from listeners like you in tint but um yeah it's 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 fascinating because we have this rapidly growing ecosystem and in these social media landscapes, they're almost like different petri dishes. The the memer is now a creature. It's it's you know it's like you had the original amoebas of people that were just taking picture of their breakfast and being like eggs, yeah. <laughs> and that's how Instagram started. And now you've evolved into four legged memers. And the spawn con I think is kind of a parasite in a way because they can come and they can suck a little bit of your blood, but if they if they try and drain you you, you collapse because then you lose that valuable authenticity totally if your page suddenly becomes less king of the hill funny memes about being sad and becomes just hey everyone you know what's great vibing with this vibrator that's what's up then suddenly you lose all credibility and they've drained you and they'll move on to the next memer totally and that's like such a unique thing about social media and like being an artist on social media is that you are also their friend. Like you're also a person who is, um, you know, allegedly, I guess, like available, you know, and person. Are you talking like, about it, parasocial relationships? Oh, or? I'm talking about parasocial relationships. I'm talking yeah. about, yeah. Which again is funny because this is my first and last name. This is my personal account. Like I don't have mm-hmm. another account that I use. Like this is like, so this is my personal. And like, sometimes I'll post things like, you know, I'll post sort of the aerial view of my Thanksgiving dinner and then like fret about it for four hours. Or I'm like, that's so basic. It's so boring. That's so like, why did I put that on main? And I'm like, no, this is my right is to have a very normy, basic experience where I'm like, I made my grandma's mashed potatoes and they were great. Like, you know, I want to, I'm hybriding it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's funny because to some extent we're all playing that game. I guess there's some people out there that are just 
you know, their fingers in the, <laughs> in the like over the camera lens and they're yeah. just putting post pictures of their kids left and right. But, you know, they're, they're an archetype too. They're up there and they're thinking about what they want to share and how, how they're going to post that minions meme. That was so funny that they're going to forward to all their friends. And it's, it's, it's all artifice in a, in a sense, but I think there's, it's like, you have to, you have to, realize how fake it is to then push through and be more authentic and it's a it's a constant rat race because someone can come along and go oh my god i love her style she's so authentic i'll just copy all of that and do exactly what she's yes yeah totally and it feels so in some ways open source authenticity is awesome in theory but it's also like and it is a thing where brands really like that so they will take like they really like that but they also read that as um being a little bit or very naive of situations. Like that's also a really interesting thing is to like go into meetings with people and they're like, we're obsessed with you. We think you're a genius. And then they like offer me like half of the rate that I quoted. And I'm like, I can't do that. And they're like all offended. You're just sort of like, no. And I'm like, no, no, like I'm nice, but like, I'm not, I've done this before. Like I'm, I'm deceptively old. Like, you know, (laughs) deceptively old. I can't, I literally cannot live on that budget. That's why I'm not taking it. Because again, for years I was underpaid and I just took it and that's okay. And that's, everyone's got to do that and not feel ashamed of uh, being a fool a little bit. Fool is just the beginning of the journey. (laughs) You know, it's that old joke, artist dies of exposure. Like that's the promise that everyone's luring you in with. If like, if you let me spill coffee on you and grab your boobs on this film set, one day you'll be Steven Spielberg. And if you let me pay you five bucks a meme then eventually you'll be something i don't know just take the five dollars kid what are you arguing with us about (laughs) literally it's like what is the thing that we're even gonna be again when attention is the end and not the means to an end that is i think when we get really muddled and and i just um yeah and the people who try and sell you that narrative don't have your best interests in mind for anyone listening who makes anything creative that's very yeah. that's that's a good lesson just to to have in your back pocket but yeah no it is that idea i don't know well now we're like all doing it to ourselves like it's like i can complain about getting like underpaid by fake applebees but i can also like i just let you know that i like spend 8 hours making little videos for no money just for me mm-hmm. just for me and yeah. for other people and like but it, that feels different somehow i guess because i like yeah. it i guess because it's mine and it feels expressive and like it it's meaningful to me and to other people which is fucking cool like yeah yeah i mean i i spend a lot of time on this podcast because it's a creative outlet it lets me talk to interesting people and have conversations and uh you know and when i get to like connect with my listeners and, and like i like i'm very into the parasocial relationship i'm like I, I you know i love when i hear from somebody and learn there's somebody out there that it, resonated with and changed their their life that's i think that's real magic and so i'm i'm hyped on it but the other extreme where you're suddenly thinking about how do i get paid what is my dollar rate per every hour of my life like that's that's a bad road and we're probably going there but like i don't want to go there faster no exactly yeah the coalescence of uh creative and uh sort of capital or providing work is I mean, it's that thing where like, I feel really lucky to be able to do this. I feel really lucky that I do what I want to do and people see it and like it. And like, I can pay my rent. Like that is amazing. And at the same time, it's really insidious. Like the way that like we talk about where it's like, we're doing things that we like and sort of feeling pushed to like grade those on a capitalist scale. Like if I make, if I spend a day making a video, part of me is like, oh, I wasted today. And it's like, what? No, that is the opposite of wasting. That is like, yeah, you reached some therapeutic truths and made yourself cry by listening to your own voice and put some cool gifts together. Like, that's cool as hell. Like, Oh, it, it's so easy to discount our own work. It's so yeah. easy to get through a day. And I'm like, oh, man, I got so distracted this afternoon. I didn't get anything done. Well, I did two client sessions and I put out a podcast. It's yeah. like, that's a lot, dude. Yeah, like, that's, that's good. Um, I want to talk about this idea of identity, because I think you're very interesting that you've mentioned a few times, it's your name. And you just recently switched to having your face, but it's your name. And I saw this thing with some of the weird Twitter accounts that I followed ages ago, where at a certain point they were like, oh shit, I have 500,000 followers on this stupid website, but I am a cartoon octopus that no one knows who I am. And I would love to get real writing jobs and Mm -hmm. like, make a living off of this so i'm gonna like switch and like some of these accounts suddenly like took off the mask and i don't know some pro- probably worked out great for some of those people but for a lot of it it seemed like everyone was like yeah we don't care like 
like why do you have some like dumb picture of some dude's face like go back to being an octopus that makes jokes like that's what that's what we're on here for we're not paying you like do the thing that we want give us dance monkey dance and so there's a couple of ideas i'm just going to throw a whole bundle of things your way and let you you sort through what you want to talk about but on the one hand i'm fascinated by the way that memes are a really anonymous decentralized folk art like 99% 99% of the memes that I can consume, I don't know where they came from. Even if they're credited, even if it's like, oh, there's a little handle there. I'm like, I don't know who thought daddy 42 is like, I'm not going to go follow them. It's just, you know, people are just churning this out. So I'm curious if you have any, any insight into, you know, like how much of the memes are made by meme creators that are like yourself and what is just random teens, you know, cranking something out in their digital media class on the lunch break. And then the flip side of that, which I hadn't thought about before is, but now that brands want to make memes, brands have a very clear identity. It's, it's from Wendy's, it's from Applebee's, but I never thought that I thought it was like a marketing team. I didn't realize that the marketing team is paying anonymous memers to then (laughs) make that for them. So I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts on that rambling clusterfuck of a question totally oh my god no we love a rambling clusterfuck i hope that it is as many anonymous random teens as possible that is my answer to that question um again the cool thing about the internet is how accessible it is and how like yeah um how communal everything is that you make um i mean obviously with a grain of salt because like it obviously fucking sucks for someone to steal your work or like to you know uh like i don't know i had like a, a big brand call me like you know, an account with like 3 million followers and they do like spawn fun things all the time. And they basically were like, we love your videos. We've never seen anything like them for like this, a very, very low rate. Will you teach us how to make them? Like maybe do a couple templates and then we can take it from there. And I'm like, so for like $700 total, you want to completely jack the way that I like my style exactly. And then put your name on it. (laughs) Like, no, like what the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. Like stuff like that. So that feels shitty especially when it's brand stuff. But like, yeah, on the other side of that, um, wait, what was the second part of the clusterfuck? <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, like how like these, ide- like, you know, like how things get recognized. Cause I mean, there was the big controversy a while ago with fuck Jerry's when they were just, yeah. And like, or no, no, what was his name? The, the fat Jewish, like, oh, and, like yeah. those things that were just, you know, reposting memes. And someone's like, dude, I fucking created those. And so, yeah. Like, where, like what is your take on that landscape of, is this mostly anonymous people that kind of throw out a meme here and there? And like, that's, you know, just that churn sometimes goes viral. Or do you think it's like, like what's pushing the meme conversation these days? Oh man. I mean, I think a lot of what's pushing the meme conversation is, is real like artists and cool and just like weirdos having good ideas and like super funny people. Like I think there genuinely are a lot of really funny people. I think that of course brands and branding and I would, I would consider sort of, I mean, fuck Jerry is an industry, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, or like brand fire is an industry. I think that's who, uh, fuck advertisements is with. And like when no shade, I know, I know that guy and he's lovely. He's really nice, but still like, you know, just like the band, like repost and they're pretty, they're good about reposting their shit anyway, not to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, uh, like those big accounts that sort of their whole job is doing that. Like, of course they're going to push it because they just have the capacity to put out content like they are you know they ha- they are paying people to constantly churn out jokes and the thing about the internet of course is that mm. it's so the algorithm favors posting as much as possible like yeah. the the constant flow of the internet is like you know if you don't see a joke within a day it's probably you're probably never gonna see it so like if if they can just like constantly put out work that maybe isn't like amazing they're going to get a lot more engagement and so every like the algorithm is going to feed into that more and that's going to be what we're seeing more anyway but i do think there are just like a lot of really cool interesting opportunities uh to sort of think about like our relationship with the world and like i mean i don't know like it's all it's all play in a lot of ways and it's really hard to know how seriously to take it like honestly um you know i i'm trying to as a personal and professional practice, like put a lot more time and weight into like my writing because I'm like, at least that's something that like my name is on. Like it is quantifiable. It is like tied to me 
Um, I feel like we're going to end up in a conversation about NFTs and I still do not understand what they nope. are. No, we're not. <laughs> nope. Great. Fuck them. Not going to talk about Thank them. You. No, Thank fuck you. them. <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. Thank I you. I don't care about artificial <laughs> digital scarcity. I yeah. think it's a racket and it's going to burst and I'm, okay, you know, it's going not to burst, jealous right? of. It's going to burst. Oh, it's, I mean, there's no way. It's like, it's. There's it's, no way. You tricked me into talking about it, but it's like Sorry. fucking Beanie Babies. It's tulips in Amsterdam. It's a total scam. And whatever metaverse conversation you can have is a separate thing. But in the current context, no. Uh, a pixelated picture of a monkey is not worth $500,000. And it's all based on the idea of, oh, shit, if I get in now, I can get rich too. And some assholes did get rich, but fuck them. They're probably shitty people. I think yeah. it sucks. I mean, honestly, okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, if if I if I knew, like, an NFT dealer and he was like, I know some rich tech guy that will buy one of your digital pieces for a large sum of money, yeah, yeah, I would let him have that screenshot. Fuck like, yes, are you yeah, kidding? If I knew how to do it, I would do it. I still just don't understand and I also think that it's evil. Like, I'm not going to participate yes. in that economy, but if I could scam someone into paying me a lot of money for something, then yeah, that's my general like yeah. always scam it's an up, obvious scam and everyone's like huh if i could get in on that scam and that's what gives attraction that's what goes so you tricked me into talking about nfts anyway shame on that's you. an aside that's um, an aside but yes and thinking more about it, i also i did like my first merch drop ever recently and that was really fun like just trying i'm trying to like basically find ways to move digital work into uh things that physical also space. yeah physical spaces yeah. and like that feels really fun and like it's not the only thing like clearly i love digital work it is the reason that i have every single opportunity that i have right now so that's pretty cool and i also enjoy doing it but yeah like trying to branch out a little bit and like be like i don't know what it would feel like to be like 45 with a child and doing this like i don't think i have yeah. that in me so like what else like what's next like the point of it, having a platform is that you jump off the platform so what's next like <laughs> i mean it's like it's like it's like one of those like scrolling video games where you're just jumping from platform to platform trying yeah. to figure out how to like retain an audience and uh and keep going and yeah i think um the, the thought that came up earlier when you were talking about some of those other it's like there's meme creators and there's meme curators and there's like yeah. two different species in that ecosystem of who is just finding other funny memes and posting them constantly versus who is actually doing the hard work on Photoshop to make uh, to make that stuff pop. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite meme format of all time? Oh, God. Oh, oh, there are so many that I love. I kind of like the slaps roof of car. I like that one. I think that's a oh, nice. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> a classic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like the the people talking format in terms of like a Twitter meme. Um, the people like, talking, you mean? Yeah, sort like, of like um, like there. Oh, you know what I love? I love therapist blank isn't real and can't hurt you. And then blank. That's a good one. Yeah, yes. that's, a nice one. that's a good example. Yeah. What about yours? It's. Um, well, I, I, I'll, I'll get to mine in a second, but what I think is so funny, like you, you ever play like, you know, weird complex board games, like not, you know, Monopoly, but like Settlers of Catan or any of yeah. those like board games at the board game store. And they all have some weird narrative that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what Catan is, like it's wool and sheep. It could just be different colored circles and different shapes that you're all like trading around, but that's boring and we don't like to do that. And what's funny is that so many of the meme formats are just a very simple, like rhetorical tool. Yeah. That's then encapsulated in something like the Drake one is thing that is bad thing that is better. Yeah. Like, totally. like that's it. Like, you know, the guys with like the, the, the two are like muscle arms, like class together. It's a fucking Venn diagram. Like that's, that's all that it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love that. We've decided that that's a better way to do it than. Um, yeah. And it's like crazy. Just have a Venn diagram. Cause like, it's really yeah. fun to be excited about that idea, but it's also I don't know. Yeah. Like I love that collectively we are all really interested in like how, like we're so delighted by logic in that way or like by the little puzzle of being like, why does this make sense? And like, how does it, and like just sort of like clicking it and like clicking when it, when you get it, it just feels so good. And I love, yeah. Like there's something very, um, you know, I mean, it's semantics, it's poetry in a lot of ways. Like yeah. it's, you know, like, uh, the thing that it's metaphor like it's really yeah. yeah it's really interesting and i just love that everyone likes it like that's really fun too yeah one of my uh hypnosis teachers said once that uh 
if a if a picture is worth a thousand words, a symbol is worth a thousand pictures. And Whoa. so I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think about that all the time. Like, there's the new one that's circulating with like the sad guy and the happy guy in the bus and looking out the, yeah. of the window, and it's like it's it's so simple and it can be used so much and it's interesting to see too the ones that cycle in and out of popularity like i think some of them are kind of timeless if you're doing a drake meme right now it's pretty played out but it also still can kind of work in the sense yeah whereas um i've just been getting the wizard orb meme non-stop like every iteration and it's funny because i'm like cool i just get to see the life cycle of this and like how it's evolving in different ways and i've just been wondering you know, I've, I've, I've thought it had like a three week lifestyle and like life cycle. And I'm, I'm just curious right now, like to see how long it lasts, like just in a totally like uh, this is, objective okay. way. Memes always have longer life cycles than you think they do. That is fascinating. Yeah. It's something that I've noticed too. Yeah. When you, like Orb, I too was like, all right, I like this. And then I'm, you're mm-hmm. like, it's been like five, like how long has it been since we encountered Orb? <laughs> like, yeah. and, it, and it's so wild that like, you aren't even in control of this. I mean, you maybe in some small algorithmic way you manifested this, but like also people sending you, it's like this kind of weird thing where like for like five to 10 weeks, you will be surrounded by orbs. Like orbs are just going to be coming at you. People are going to be talking about it with you. We're going to be on a podcast discussing how we can't escape orb. And I like orb. Orb being great. I like, oh, I mean, it's great. I love it. Um, The other, like the other one that I get to see is there's an image, you might know it, um, of a wizard on a subway. And it's this like really cool, um, kind of like sci-fi it was like cover art for a book or something. um but it's very well done it's like you know from the 80s or 90s i know a lot about it because it will go viral every once in a while and then a bunch of people will send it to me again because some you know amazing sci-fi art like account shared it and then a bunch of people will tag me and will send it to me and it goes in those cycles uh but to answer your question it's not quite a format but for the longest time i was thinking that we should have a you know that we have like bold and italics. It's like we need another one for sarcasm. Like that was, you know, this is like from 20 years ago. Where I was like, we need a way to say sarcasm. And I love that we now have that SpongeBob meme where he's making the kind of derpy face, and then it's like you're capitalizing random letters yeah. to do the like the mocking you voice, the like I'm gonna do it this way. And it's yeah. like I like that we have like you see that now and you understand exactly what it means. Even though if you had seen it before, no one like in the 90s would have gone like, ah, I know the voice that goes with this. But now that's embedded. Now yeah. Embedded. Yeah. I mean, and that's also an interesting one because that's like not even sarcasm. That is like the explicit mockery of like, like mockery, such a, yeah. yeah, like it's such an, like it's such a weird feeling. And I'm like, I don't know that I can describe it in any way that's better than the meme. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. Like it's such a unique, but it's also very universal. Like people all over the world use that one image and see like the semi-capitalized crazy text. And they're like, Oh, right. Like I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> and now you can have a Twitter joke. That's all text. And it just uses that capitalization style. And I'm like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, that brings us to the final part of this podcast and this ritual and this conversation, which is creating a spell. So, yeah. What is something that our listeners can do to sort of shift their reality and bring a little bit of the magic that you've picked up from making memes into their own life? I know touch some grass is like a really common thing, but oh, I do love touch grass. That I love touch grass. Another. That's a really nice yeah. one. But like, I, I, real real quick, I'm gonna just skip yeah. it. I had a I was on psychedelics at a farmhouse this spring, and touch grass it just sort of like trended and one of the discords i was in was talking about a lot so it was like in my head and i was out in nature walking around barefoot appreciating nature but thinking about this meme about touching grass so i'm like in the real world thinking about a meme from the internet about how to go out in the real world i was like this is a fucking loot man (laughs) yeah no and that's how i feel all the time is how how would this be posted what is this yeah and nothing it's crazy and i need to escape that a little bit so um honestly i would recommend looking at the sky for a little bit like just really like this was yes saturday well what what day is it god saturday um my boyfriend and I drove out to Pomona College and there's this, do you know James Terrell, like the, the light and uh-huh. space artist yeah, yeah, from the yeah, 60s? That, yeah. yeah, so he has this uh, public art thing at Pomona College, which is like 45 minutes outside of LA and it's at sunrise and sunset and it's literally just like a pavilion that's like very, like a very, very thin, it looks like poster board, obviously it's not, but yeah. it's just like laid across some columns and then there's some lights in the columns and there's a little 
hole cut in the middle, just a little square. So it looks like this beautiful, it's so flat that it looks like a frame and the sky through it looks like a screen and you just sit down and you just watch the sunset or the sunrise. We went at sunset and it starts 25 minutes before. And then there's like, he put, you know, he put lights um, sort of like lights shifting to like sort of, you know, move with like the way that the color works, but like also the way that your eyes, if you spend time looking at something like undivided attention, especially I think if you look at screens all the time, it fucks with your eyes in a really interesting way um, where you're sort of like seeing the, like, you're like, I don't know, like, like we're into it just watching the sky change. And for like an hour uninterrupted, like we didn't check text. We didn't do anything. Like my mom just lay down and we just looked at the sky for about an hour. And like, we were just crying and like whispering to each other. Like, I don't even know what color it is right now. Like just like really like crazy. It was a beautiful experience. Like I feel really deeply changed and like the sky's out there all the time. And like, obviously we don't always get like a soft neon um, accompaniment with it or like framing, but like, I don't think it was just that. I think it was like the sky mixed with like sort of human error. Like it was like this collaboration with like your eye and how our eyes are not perfect at seeing things and like make little weird Mm -hmm. tricks. And it was just the most beautiful thing I've experienced in recent memory and just the most undivided attention I've given to the world in recent memory. And I feel great after that. So yeah, go look at the sky. That's my spell. (laughs) I I, I love it because I think... I think just the way that we were talking about how these memes are sort of simple ideas embedded in a, in like a catchphrase or a, an image, you know, if touch grass is like, you need to ground, you need yeah. to go and like reconnect with like the natural processes of the world and like ground and like do that. It's like, bro, you need to go gaze at the sky. It feels like the op, <laughs> like not the opposite, but it's like, you need to like reconnect with wonder and possibility. It's kind of like, you know, the anti-groundy, but in, the, in, in a not anti-groundy. I don't know how to say it, but it's like the other direction where it's like, you know, you need to touch grass yeah. to kind of connect with the basics, but you also need to gaze at the sky to see all that magic and possibility that exists. Yeah, it's um, like sacred humbling or something. Like it feels so, um, yeah. Also, one of those weird internet things that like, who the hell made this? I don't even know. But um, Bubsy was, uh, like Bubsy 3D was a game for like PlayStation one or something. And somebody made Bubsy 3d Bubsy visits the James Terrell retrospective at the Los Angeles County museum of art. And they used unity to like recreate the exhibit. And then it's the little like PlayStation one character wanders around. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. That's like, yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about like light and space uh, artists right now, especially as we are like, enclosed in spaces pretty interminably and asked to like re you know asked to reconsider uh how we collaborate with space and with the world every day and that's super interesting but yeah uh yeah that sounds great i want to i want to play that game (laughs) well i'm gonna play the game of look at the sky that sounds like a pretty good game to me oh hell yeah (laughs) awesome aiden thank you yeah thank you so much for having me this was great For more of Aiden's work and to see the art that we spent literally the whole episode talking about, check out at Aiden Arata on Instagram. That's at A-I-D-E-N-A-R-A-T-A. And for more of the meme-defining, transcending digital magic that is this podcast is a ritual, check out patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual, whereby supporting our podcast and helping our magic grow, you save me from having to do sponsored content for vibrators. It's a pretty good trade. So once again, patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual where you can help me dream the dreams that will become memes more than they seem going beyond what we know now into that hazy, wild, uncertain tomorrow where I'll meet you there. Sweet dreams, everybody. <laughs>